I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's going on? Ahsoka Tanu, book club right here. I'm Ryan Nelson, senior producer of Popcorn Talk. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We're obviously really excited for the Clone Wars series. We're very hyped. I'm joined by, she's a screenwriter, an author, and my co-host for the Clone Wars series. This is Rachel Goodman. Hey, everybody. I am so excited to be here because... We, we have a really special guest, We y'all. have an amazing, special, amazingly special guest. An amazingly special guest. Uh, author of the Ahsoka Tanu book herself. E.K. Johnston. Thank you so much for coming, E.K. And Vito, if you can just project her on the uh, the screen up here. Um, we are so excited to have you, E.K. And obviously, three books now in the Star Wars universe. The third coming out later this year with Queen's Peril, um, but also did Queen's Shadow following Padme Amidala. But the one we're talking about today is the Ahsoka Tanu book, which we just finished it. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely loved it. I did the audiobook and and the novel. Rachel? I did. Well, so... <laughs> German? <laughs> I've, I've got two different versions. Here's a quick story. I accidentally ordered it in German. I do, I do, <laughs> I do kind of speak German, though. And so it, I, I started reading it, and I'm like, you know what? No, I want to actually read it in the English. So then I went out and I bought the English hardback copy, which is how I've read the book. So, um, yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> and what's so cool about... Just so many different versions of it, and the the audiobook is actually narrated by actually Eckstein, who voices Ahsoka Tanu in the show. So it's just like the coolest, the coolest version of the audiobook. And what's also so special about those is you have the Star Wars sound effects, the music. Like it's just so engrossing. But we're really excited to have you today and talking about the Ahsoka Tanu book. Um, just to set the table a little bit, Clone Wars. It's season seven. It's coming back tomorrow. We're thinking around 3 a.m. Disney Plus. Yeah. Just a few years ago, we didn't even think it was coming back. We thought we'd had it all with season six. And with Rebels, they kind of moved on. They brought it back. And what's so amazing, this book came out in 2016. And it's relating to to scenes and to just occurrences that are going to happen and play out in this final season of Clone Wars just so amazing to read about it and be like, oh my God, we're going to see some of this on screen. Um, I mean, we have a ton of questions. Just, I wanted to open up right out of the gate. Did you have any kind of discussion with them as they decided they were going to bring the show back? Did, did, did Especially with this whole mall fight. Like, that's the first chapter. That's the first thing you read in the book. Did you have any dialogue between Lucasfilm when they were bringing this back? Um, hilariously, kind of not really. Like, they told really? me a few things. Um, but most of what I know is what Dave Filoni shared at Celebration London when he had that huge Ahsoka panel with with Ashley and Pablo. And I think I forget who else was on that. But um, most of what I know is is from that. So in hindsight, a lot of things made sense because when they were like, hey, do you want to write an Ahsoka book? I was like, yeah, can I have Rex? And they were like, no. And I was like, can I have Darth Maul? Like, no. And I was like, can I have this character? Like, Hondo? And they were like, no. And so now a few of those things make more sense. Um, but I, I, I did not know. I was at San Diego Comic-Con. I had a signing, so I couldn't go to the panel. And I was standing in line for my next panel that I was supposed to be on speaking. So I had like a 10-minute break. Right. And I was like reading my phone as all of the like Clone Wars save tags were going bananas and people were tagging me and everybody was so excited. 
And I was watching the trailer and like bawling backstage oh. um, at this panel. And all these people were like, because it wasn't a Star Wars panel. It was just like a normal book panel. And they were like, are, are you okay? <laughs> 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 Wow. I mean, That's just to amazing. see your, your writing, like, put on screen. It's, yeah. yeah. It's so awesome. And so how do you even – so we were talking before the show, and I'm a writer too, and how do you even go from, you know, writing books that are your own fiction um, to diving into the world of Star Wars? And I can imagine that sticking with canon can be difficult, right? Or was it um, something that was, you know, easier for you to do? Well, I come from a fan fiction background, so I'm very used to writing around what's actually happened um, and sort of sticking things in the corners and the cracks as much as possible. Um, so that's always fun. But in terms of Ahsoka, I had had um, a few like critically successful books had been published. Um, and actually, the, the way that I got the Ahsoka book was um, the morning of it was a December. It was December 2014, basically. And um the story of Owen, my very first novel, was nominated for the Morris Award, which is like the Oscar for best new book, basically, uh, or best new author. And so I emailed my agent that morning and I was like, do you think you can get me a Star Wars book? And he was like, we can try. So, <laughs> That's um, awesome. so he did. And two days later, I had a talk with Mike Siglain and he was like, well, we're putting some movies together. And I was like, you think? Um, <laughs> and then in August, they were like, hey, do you want to write a book about Ahsoka? And I was like, yes, I do. Holy cow. And have you been, I just want to get a little more backstory before we dive like into the book and a lot with Clone Wars. Um, I'm assuming you've been a massive Star Wars fan like your entire life. Oh, yeah. like, what was that moment like when you found out, holy cow, I'm adding to the lore. I'm, I'm writing <laughs> about Ahsoka Tano. Um, well, my, I don't really have a lot of memories before Star Wars. My older brother was the sort of fan that got me into it. So when I was about three, I think, is when we started listening to the record, like vinyl record of uh, Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> that is yeah. so cool. It was, it, was, it, was, it was an experience. Um, and then I didn't watch the Clone Wars, though, when they were on TV because they were difficult to watch in Canada. Mm. And um, I was like, no, I can't watch the Clone Wars. They're just going to make me fall in love with the clones, and then I'm going to be really sad. Yeah. yeah. So I put off watching the Clone Wars until Rebels came out, and then my friends were like, oh, my God, Rebels is so good. What do you mean Rebels. you haven't seen the Clone Wars? And I was like, fine. So I watched the whole Clone Wars. The very first episode, Yoda's like, take off your helmets. You're all individuals. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and I had no idea what happened to Ahsoka. So anytime she was in like the tiniest amount of peril, I was like, this is it guys for real, for real this time. Um, which was an experience. Um, yeah, but it was, so it's definitely always been something. And then when my agent called, he actually didn't know how to say Ahsoka Tano. Like he didn't know <laughs> how to pronounce it. Yeah. So he just like spelled it for me instead. So it was like, they want you to write a book about a character. Um, her name is A-H-S. So I started making like really high-pitched squealing noises. <laughs> like, so that's a yes. And I was like, yes, that's that's a yes. An excited yes. Uh, wow, that is amazing. And, um, and then that's kind of how it started. And, and then I kind of, the first time I got off the phone with the story group, um, my first question for them was, where are Ahsoka's ears? And the answer was, make something up. And then the second question was, can I have Rex? And the answer was no. Mm. And so um, I, I got off the phone and I was like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And then I was like, 
deeply terrified. Now, I have a question. Um, you had mentioned. I'm sorry. You had mentioned story group. So when you're writing a book, like when you were writing Ahsoka, did they make you pretty much sit down with them and tell them what you were going to write before you actually started to write the book? Um, not well, sort of. It's like I think it's like the publishing version of that, which is a little bit different. Um, and it's pretty much the same no matter what kind of um, IP intellectual property books you're writing. So if you're hired to write a book, um, they'd like to see an outline. So we did go back and forth on the outline a few times. Um, I've done some non-Star Wars IP that was exactly the same. Like, can you write a book about Ahsoka? Sure, here's my outline. And they'll be like, you can't have Hondo. And I'd be like, <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, and then go back through and change things. And the thing that made the Ahsoka outline a challenge was it was, I was writing it while season two of Rebels was airing. Mm. Oh, yeah. And um, so first of all, all of a sudden Ahsoka is there. Like basically season two ended and then the book was announced like a few hours later, which was really cool. Um, but Kanan kept hitting all of the emotional beats that I had planned for Ahsoka to hit. And so I kept like sending in the outline, watching this week's episode of Rebels and then being like, Ugh, I have to change the outline because like obviously she and Kanan are going to have similar aspects to their stories because they're both like a Jedi alone. But I wanted her to have a few sort of more independent things. Um, but that was probably the most challenging was working on the outline while season two of Rebels was airing and trying to keep her arc and Kanan's arc as different as possible. Yeah, because I do see why that could be so similar, considering Kanan always felt a lot of guilt. I think we even mentioned that on the first episode yeah. we did of this, where he always felt so much guilt for leaving and being one of the sole survivors. Oh, my gosh. Well, what my big question with that is... You know, it's this time in between where we left off with Ahsoka at the end of season five and in between there and what we see of her in Rebels and this book taking place like right after Order 66. Uh, and we still have that tiny bit of gap that we're going to probably get filled in with this last season. And the, the brief flashbacks, the few scenes we get of what happened on Mandalore, did you – was that conversation with the Star Wars story group, was that more – uh, they know what happens, or were, did you actually take lead on a lot of that lore? Did you actually come up with what events transpired? Um, that was actually weird because they wanted the book to start off with the Siege of Mandalore. That was one of the requests. Wow. There weren't That's a lot really of like, cool. things I had to put in the book, but that was one of them. Um, they were like, can you start off with the Siege of Mandalore? About a thousand words, no action sequences. And I was like... <laughs> Holy cow. Oh my God. These are so specific yes. requirements. Yeah. I do that without an action sequence, which is fine because I, I joke a lot that if you want like an action book with like a lot of plot and like shenanigans, you don't call me, you call somebody else. If you want someone who's going to like think about their feelings for 65,000 words, I'm definitely your girl. So that worked out really well because I just got to write like a thousand words of Mandalore and them thinking about their feelings because they weren't allowed to actually fight each other. And so. When I saw the trailer for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, that's the fight I didn't get to write. I'm so oh, excited. my gosh. <laughs> that's so wild. It's been as much fun as, as seeing it. Seeing it's way more fun. Well, I mean, for so, me. so we, we, we don't have a ton of time here, but we do want to go into just the book. Because, again, Rachel and I are fresh off of completing this. And I'm gobsmacked. Like, I, I loved this book so much. I've read a few Star Wars novels so far. And this one was just such a delight reading. And it just got me beyond excited 
Do you know what I loved the most about it, outside of the fact that we got to see where, you know, what had happened to Ahsoka between 66 and where we see her in Rebels? Mm -hmm. I love the fact that we had Bail Organa and we got to see Baby Leia. Mm. How was that, like, being able to write (laughs) Baby Leia? No, you have you have that scene <laughs> oh my gosh there's so many awesome little tidbits like that throughout that they might at first feel like tidbits but they have such a greater meaning uh, i mean just everything from the relationship like you know at this point ahsoka doesn't quite know what's happened with anakin and and just anything with bail organa like teasing and, and kind of towing the line how much information can he share i found that yeah. so interesting and i think one thing that this book just did a fantastic job of is just getting more of ahsoka's inner voice um we got you know a, a ton from the show and they did such a great job with the movie and the show uh introducing and sharing this character i just feel like we have such a better understanding of like what's going on with her uh after order 66 something that traumatizing and those scenes with trauma i thought were just so well written and, and very adult like it, it brought a, a a new sense of realism and uh and i think darkness to this with this character which we haven't really seen thus far in the show um one place we left off with we were going to do a few episodes of this but once we found out we uh were, had the pleasure of interviewing you we we decided to finish it and um i just think we should talk about some of our favorite passages and scenes in the book rachel um, did you have any that really stood out other than the Bail Organa encounter? I there were a couple for me. So I loved the fact that the the biggest question, the theme here. I mean, we start off in the beginning with Ahsoka saying, "I'm alone," and we end with her saying, "I don't have to be alone. The, I might not be a Jedi, but that doesn't mean that I have to be on my own either." And she recognized the fact that she was always going to want to help people, and she was going to make friends like Caden, and that she was just she was going to be part of something greater, even if she didn't want to define or label herself as being a Jedi. I loved that. I loved the fact that we got a POV from Obi-Wan. I was like, wow, this is like, we got Anakin in there too. I was like, this is amazing and with everything going around, like with what we know happens to Anakin, the fact that we would see his moment, where his difficult choice where he has to be somebody's, you know, training a Padawan. I loved the fact that we got little things like that. It just, it really just complimented the world and... It was so Star Wars. Yeah. You know, that, that's the thing. Like, that's the biggest compliment I feel like you can give is uh, when a book, like a book like this, it just feels so much like Star Wars. And I've never, it felt like I was watching the show still. Yeah. I like, agree. Really completely. Um, so I guess what, I, another one of my favorite moments I just wanted to ask about, like the writing process of. So <laughs> the Black Sun gets involved. <laughs> yeah. And we know in one of the final seasons of clone wars there's a scene where maul goes there and kind of wipes out the black sun for the most part i think he leaves like one guy standing there's a amazing scene where they chuck a lightsaber and like behead a bunch of people i'm just curious like what was the inspiration getting them involved and 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 just the idea beyond like we might want to recruit this person um where where did you come from um on that storyline Um, this is where I have to confess to pure luck because originally that scene was not a Black Sun agent. Um, It was written with another character that I had to cut. Oh, can you tell us who it was? (laughs) He was not a stranger. Oh, 
Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. So um, <laughs> let the speculations had that, begin. Had that short scene. Yeah. Um, and then the one that ended, the one that Anakin ended up with, and then the ship to ship fight, uh, ship to ship, ship to ship fight, mm. was uh, was with him as well. And then they were like, "You can't, you can't." No. Yeah. And I was like, okay, who can I have instead? And they were like, Anakin? And I was like, okay, what about a Black Sun agent? <laughs> um, and so it ended up being one of those, like, everything's connected moments, yeah. but not in the way that you think. <laughs> so fascinating. That is. So at the end of Solo, I was like, oh, good job, past me. <laughs> nice. It, that's what was actually really cool, too, is it felt so connected to so many current works and then future works like i could see there are things in this book that could directly <laughs> relate to things that happen in the mandalorian that could happen in the kenobi series that one short passage we got of obi-wan's pov i was thinking to myself okay the obi-wan series has to take from this like they have oh, to I, show I, this obi-wan because I, I wrote that one in like 2016 as well back when it was still like a rumor 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 yeah um because it's been a rumor forever um, but the reason that scene exists is because my favorite Star Wars book is John Jackson Miller's Kenobi. Nice. And oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to drag that book back into canon, like one paragraph at a time. And so that's basically how it started was I'm just going to borrow that, that book, pull it into mine. And then people will be like, Hey, it's both canons, I guess. I don't know. Because I just love that. I love so that. It's now funny. it has to be canon because, yeah. I love that <laughs> so. I love it so much. And uh, I, I'm i going to, like, drag it with me everywhere I go. What was your favorite scene to actually write in this book? Um, I think my favorite scene to write was, was actually the one that also scared me the most, um, which was the lightsaber fight at the very, very end. Mm. For two reasons. One, when you see a lightsaber fight, it's like the coolest thing. When you write a lightsaber fight, it's <laughs> yeah. like Ahsoka furrowed her eyebrows and wiggled her fingers like right. Morpheus in The Matrix. Like, it's not, it's not exciting. Um, so, and I knew what happened. And the other thing, of course, that makes that lightsaber fun fight is there's only one lightsaber between the two of them. So, um, I, I watched the rebels scene where, um, Ahsoka turns off the seventh sisters lightsaber about a hundred billion times. And then I practiced writing it out until I liked the way it went. And then I, choreographed my own version of it and then wrote that version of the fight scene because um so it it was a little bit more work than I usually put into fight scenes um in terms of staging but because they only had one lightsaber and because it was like a really pivotal scene of the book um I'm really glad that I got to put all of that background into it and then all of the um all of the sort of thought and advanced planning and then just it's difficult to write a sword fight where they only have one sword between the two people. And what's so interesting cool. about that that fight, at, I mean, immediately following it, we get to see how Ahsoka gets these two. Um, that was all. <laughs> so I got to ask, like, that is such a big part of the Star Wars universe, like a Jedi forging their lightsaber. And this was such a unique way. I feel like we learned a lot of details about the forging process of a lightsaber and what goes on with the crystals. The idea of bleeding a crystal to make it red was that your idea did you, did you come up with that um no so basically they had already been planning the vader comic at this point ah, okay. um so the vader comic came out i think like a few months after the ahsoka i don't remember but they were definitely already thinking about it 
Um, and so the, um, I just got, I had written the fight scene and then like her lightsaber breaks. And then when she turns them on, they're just magically white. And there was a note from Dave Filoni that was like, it's called bleeding lightsabers. This is what you do. And I'm like, okay. And so I like turned it into a few paragraphs. Dave had written like a script basically where it was just like, she says this, he says this, she says this. Nobody has any like expressed emotion because the animators will take care of that. Um, and so I had to go through and like make it a book <laughs> because there weren't any um give them facial expressions and body language and all that kind of stuff yeah. um so basically um i had to go through and, and add that so there's a couple of and change the dialogue around a little bit so that it, it flowed a little bit better but basically there was a note from dave that was like it's called bleeding the lightsabers it works like this and then i <laughs> added that part. wow that, that's incredible that's really cool yeah that is such a cool story did you what, what was it about the Ahsoka Tanu character that really attracted you to her and just and to write about it? What's your favorite thing about her? Well, I came to Ahsoka kind of late because I didn't watch the Clone Wars till after it was done. Right. Um, and one of the things that really, as like backwards as this is going to sound, one of the things that really sort of attracted me to her character was the fact that she was a 14-year-old girl that everyone hated because she was a 14-year-old girl um, who is always going to be the character I go for. Like, oh, she's so annoying. I'm like, yeah, because she's a teenage girl. (laughs) Very good at that. And, like, um, you know, she just kind of shows up in the story and takes it over. And I'm like, yeah, that must be so weird to have, like, this random character just show up and take over the story. What's that like? It's never happened to girls before. Um, And so I was kind of, like, it's almost like spite standing before you get into it where you're like, I'm going to, like, character just because just because (laughs) amazing so that was that was fantastic i love her um i love her humor and her kindness um and i love the way that she reacts to things that she's afraid of Mm. um and in the clone wars we see we don't see it a lot but she is like visibly afraid of being on her own Um, When she doesn't know that Anakin's coming for her, there's a couple of episodes. She is reluctant to step into leadership positions, but she'll definitely do it, whether she's qualified or not. And um, she has this, like, the uh, the episode where she loses her lightsaber and has to go with that really old Jedi who, like, moves really slowly. Oh, yeah. Um, The way that she sort of learns and adapts to stuff like that, where every time she's uncomfortable... She has that total moment of like, yes, I am a teenager, but fine, I'll listen. You seem to know what you're talking about. And I I really like that about her a lot. Now, when you were preparing to write her voice, you know, it, it sounds like you, you know, obviously watched Clone Wars and, and really paid attention to what how she was reacting to things. But was there anything else you did to really prepare yourself to write an entire book from her perspective? Um, I didn't really have to because Ashley Eckstein is so, she's so Ahsoka. Like, um, so I didn't have to go like looking for her voice at all because I knew if I wrote a line of dialogue and it came out in Ashley Eckstein's voice in my head, I knew that I'd done it. Yeah. So, um, I didn't really have to do a lot of, of background work. The other thing was that they had asked, um, for like a Western, sort of King arthur kind of vibe. And I know enough about both of those things to just do it without having to look back into it. 
Um, originally they were like, oh, it could be like a samurai sort of thing. I was like, how do you feel about a Western? I'd much rather do a Western. <laughs> <laughs> like a Western sort of King Arthur-y um, kind of vibe. Yeah. And um, and that was really fun as well. It reminded me a lot of a history of violence at certain points when they don't, when they're not aware she's a Jedi and just like if she has this past. Uh, obviously, more the dark. it's a lot darker. But um, I, it's so interesting. Did you have a favorite episode of Clone Wars? Um, I think my favorite episode is the, the arc, um, where they, she takes the younglings to Ilum and they, they all, Yoda like punks them all basically and tells them they're going to die if they don't come back. And of course, like, it's just ice. You can chip through it. And they go back to Ilum here. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts. Um, and then on the way back, they get attacked by Hondo. So it was So awesome. speaking of Ilum, we do see Ilum in this. And I <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the book was where uh, we have Ahsoka arriving at um, at Ilum. And she just describes so beautifully how it once was this, you know, very like, you know, luscious planet. And now it's being chipped away at by the Empire. Um, what? So I guess my question to you is, what was it like to you know, write a scene like that and, and just kind of, you know, be able to have that in the book. Um, I think it's one of those scenes that sort of goes really well with the, the um, little interstitial scene from the point of view of one of the crystals. They let me write a chapter from the point of view of a planet. That was fun. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> and I just, I like writing the like, excruciatingly real and like just really frustrating ways in which the empire is evil. So like at this point they're tearing apart a planet for a rock. They literally cannot see Mm. because only the Jedi who's looking for that crystal can find it. Like they can find the big ones that aren't as like well-balanced or whatever, like the one they end up using in rebels. Um, But the actual like individual crystals that are specifically for a Jedi, they cannot see them, but they're still willing to tear a planet apart. And like, that just makes me so mad. And um, I liked, I liked writing that and sort of going into like the sort of very big ways that the empire is terrible, even though it's like very small oh things. Yeah. I mean, you did such a great job of, of articulating like the dread and trauma in some scenes. That torture scene is horrifying. Just like the way you wrote, like the arm breaking, yeah. and how she just fell over, and oh my gosh, and and the way that Caden was reacting after the fact, it was. Such... I think people talk about that scene like it's the worst torture scene ever. I was like, really? Because it's based on he never even asked me any questions, which scared the crap out of me when I was little. Because <laughs> <laughs> so... yeah. it's just screaming and like unknown electricity, it's and then like. He never even asked me any questions, and I was just like... And then not even having the strength to answer. I'm aiming for that, so it's, it's oh. nice from a craft perspective to know that I got there. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I think what it was for me is she's such a young kid, and yeah. just, I mean, one, but then two, uh, the fact that this is not a, not only is she younger, but it's not like, like if Ahsoka had been captured and been interrogated, we know that Ahsoka has certain powers and certain abilities yeah. that she'll have more of a fighting <laughs> chance. But I feel like Hayden was more of an innocent who oh, yeah. had no training. And here she was being put in the middle of this. And it just, it was heartbreaking to watch her struggle. There's um there's a scene in Lego Freemakers, the uh, Lego the Freemaker Adventures, which might 
might be my new favorite Star Wars. It's absolutely brilliant. Wow. Um, where Rowan, who is 12 and a half, as he tells you quite frequently during season two, gets captured and like tortured slash interrogated by Lord Vader. Um, and it's all like psychological torture. But I, as I was watching it, I was like, man, Star Wars does this to kids all the time. They really do. <laughs> I don't kids on screen i mean the kids watching it right like they'll have, they'll have like the near trauma yeah. character and then vader gets the, his hands on them and you're just like oh no is there speaking of a caden do you think post this story you know it has it has a great ending um and it definitely opens it up for the rest of her story and we we do see ahsoka later in this star wars timeline in rebels um is this a character you think Ahsoka, I, I definitely think you know, uh, is this a character Ahsoka keeps in contact with? As much as she is able to keep in contact with anyone, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, More adventures? Always, <laughs> uh, well, amongst other things, if you're, a fulc- if you're a fulcrum agent, it's just handy to know like several medical professionals just in case. Um, but I, yeah, she's definitely, I don't think they're like, weekly by any stretch of imagination on the rolodex yeah Yeah. but like they definitely have their methods of keeping in touch yeah well because one thing was we were talking about how we shipped ahsoka and kaden and there was a moment at the end where kaden said (laughs) i could i could kiss you and i'm like oh is this a hint i know (laughs) and i was like wait a minute (laughs) i mean i i I thought that would have been very fascinating did you ever entertain that uh the possibility at all um i knew they were never going to kiss um, because Ahsoka is just like, she's just not there. Like, she's yeah. just not there. Yeah. Um, her, like, everything she's ever known is gone. She's finally just put her world back together. Like, right. she really does like Caden a lot, and she's just not emotionally equipped, thanks to her upbringing, for that many emotions. At right. Time. So, um, Caden, on the other hand, is like, whatever. It's just an interesting theme. You know, when she she's the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker, and there's so many great lines in this for just referencing the similarities. And, I mean, she learned so much from Anakin, but they definitely shared that idea of walking away from the Order. She actually walked away from the Order, yeah. whereas he, like, kind of betrayed it. And, and honestly, Obi-Wan is a way worse example than yeah. Anakin is. Like, Obi-Wan yeah. is a terrible teacher when it comes to feelings like, taking shots at everyone he was not yeah. at it he has many strengths <laughs> yeah no i completely agree not one of them yeah that and the thing with um just you know like even watching the wrong jedi you can even see there yeah. just the the pain that we see with ahsoka and how oh. it's how connected she is to anakin so as, after watching that and then you know reading through the book um, it just every time she was talking about Anakin and all the time she said, I'm reaching out and I'm feeling nothing. I think back to the wrong Jedi and I think back to how she knew things about Anakin that other people didn't know because of their connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's in that moment in Rebels where she finally feels Darth Vader for the first time. It oh. gives me chills. And I just think I that's like one of the things I had in mind while reading Ahsoka. I'm like, yeah. Just wait till yeah. she feels Vader. Yeah, and you you even get that fear in the final the final paragraph of this when the Inquisitor goes to report toward Vader. Yeah, and that you know, there's definitely another Jedi here. Th- that was just something I thought was so well done as well. You established this sense of fear and urgency and and fearing the Empire because I feel like it must be difficult to really set that up when you don't have uh, a character like Vader 
um, in uh, ever present in the novel. And you know, because sometimes depending on what you're reading or what you're watching, like stormtroopers, they can either be very menacing or they can be kind of like, oh, they just can't aim, they can't shoot anything. Whereas in this, I just thought the use of the Inquisitor uh, and, and for that matter, the other Imperial forces was just so clever. And I did feel that sense of dread. And you did get that, wow, this is the start of the Empire. And like, they're taking really no prisoners. It's, I thought that was so well handled. Thank you. Um, definitely, I think the difference between writing like an occupation as opposed to writing like a space fight, like if Mm. it's a space fight, you just go, you shoot at them and then you leave. But if they like, if they live there, if they've taken over your town, um, implemented curfews, like all that kind of shenanigans, it really becomes menacing quite quickly. Um, and again, I had to be like, don't make it too much like Lothal. Don't make it too much like (laughs) In, just re- in- That's my life. But um, it, it was very much um, a nice way to to sort of set the tone and have this guy who like this two the two bad guys, one of whom literally doesn't care as long as the math checks out. Yeah. And then this other guy who is like actively trying to hunt you down. And I always like to imagine them like ter- like the Inquisitors. I like to imagine them like Terminators, like they just keep coming. Oh, and like you can you can kill one of them. But there's like at least eight more there's i don't know how more. many like there's a lot more and they just keep coming um and so i like that sort of different kinds of menacing as well like a person to whom you are a number and you literally do not matter besides your ability to like produce something right um and then the person who is like fixated on you and is just going to keep tracking you down was is there have you seen any of the new season of Clone wars no none no. Are, okay so no. is okay awesome well I mean, I, I feel bad because I, I wish she did. But uh, is there any storyline, <laughs> obviously, Ahsoka aside, that you're most excited to see play out? Um, Oh, man. There's, like, there's a thing in the trailer. Um, There's two things in the trailer. There's three things in the trailer. There's, there's many things in the trailer. Um, <laughs> with Darth Maul is going to be amazing. They mo-capped both sides of that. They hired Ray Park. And I forget the name of the actress they hired. But they literally put two people in mocap suits and had them fight each other. Wow. So exciting. I wish I could remember the actress's name because I can't. But there's two real people doing that fight and they just put the animation over top. And that's like outstanding. So that's going to be amazing. Um, I'm really excited for Bo-Katan, especially given certain recent shenanigans. And um, I'm very excited for... um, there's like one scene in the trailer and I don't know what it's about at all, but it's just like, it makes me so nervous where like Rex is like on the floor and Ahsoka's on the table behind him and like her lightsabers turn on and the door is shut. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but that's gotta be amazing. Oh, oh. yeah. It's like the final <laughs> yeah. shot of one of the trailers. Like, like, I hope they don't fight. I like them. <laughs> They're awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we, we cannot wait. Um, we're, we're, Quickly running out of time. We only have a few minutes left here. Um, Rachel, I want to get into your like any of your final questions real quick. Yeah, you know, just as a as a final question, uh, I wanted to ask who your who your inspirations have been um, from in the writing world. Like, so your favorite authors that you that really inspired you to write. Um, it's kind of like there's two different eras of people that I really enjoyed. There's the people I read when I was little. And then there's like all the authors I'm friends with now. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So I think the sort of author that bridges both of those two groups, although we are not friends, she's just an author who currently produces things. I wish we were friends. She's amazing. Um, is Tamara Pierce. Her first oh. book came out when I was born, the year I was born. And she's still publishing. And wow. her, book, <laughs> um, her books have changed with the market. So like she's like with socially and also like as the YA genre or as the YA sort of sub-marketing category um, evolved, her books evolved to fit into it better. Um, and then in terms of like, I guess for lack of a better description, social justice, um, you know, things that she's always sort of pushed the envelope a little bit on that. And um, she's always been willing to adapt and willing to change. So she's not like one of those authors in the 80s who was like, no, this is the way it's always been. She's been like, oh, this is new. I'm going to use it. Um, and I really admire that about her. And also she's been publishing forever. Like that's a fantastic career. So it's the, um, professionally and as a reader, that's definitely something I really admire about her. That's so awesome. Uh, we were talking a little bit before the show with the other two novels for Star Wars, you focused on Padme Amidala, uh, with Queen's Shadow, which has already come out. And I heard there might be another cover coming yeah. soon. Yeah, there's a the Tony Fodi um, paperback uh, art for the paperback. It used to be a convention exclusive, but now it's going to be available on the paperback. Oh, that's Ooh. so exciting! And Queen's Peril coming out June second. Yeah. Um, so excited, obviously, to, to read. Uh, is there <laughs> any? Was there any massive thing in the new in Queen's Peril coming out that you were just really excited to tell? Any aspect of the story that you were just, <laughs> or any detail you can share? Um, there's two things, one from the movie and one that's not from the movie. So the thing that's from the movie is that the battle for Naboo is like one of my favorite battle sequences in a movie ever. Um, it's basically four fronts. Um, there's the Jedi, the, um, the castle, the, uh, the Gungans and the space battle. (laughs) I got to write a little bit of the fifth front, which is, all of the civilians who are on the planet um, and what they do. So that was exciting. Um, And in terms of things I got to like sort of make up and roll with my, um, my thing for Queen's Shadow when I was writing it was basically anything that anyone's ever made fun of a teenage girl for loving. I took, put in the book and made like vital to the plot. (laughs) Uh, Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Like makeup, clothes, that kind of shenanigans. Um, and I always joked, I'm like, if I could have sent them to a Backstreet Boys concert, I would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Queen Carol, uh, they, they go to a concert and, um, the, the band is actually based on my chemical romance, but, um, just because of timing, ooh, but um, <laughs> I love this, but it was like, it was the best. And I had so much fun with it. Holy cow. I can't wait to read this scene. Really? And the book in general, but in the scene. And again with Ahsoka, I'm, so you've you done two for Padme, and this opens the door. There's still a large <laughs> time gap in between this and Rebels. Any I mean, chance on the Ahsoka sequel? I about that. You got to talk to him about it? The, yeah. no, no discussions? No, uh, no meetings at all? No, you got to talk to Dave. You got to talk to Dave. <laughs> well, we will be tweeting at Dave because this was so great and yeah. we need we need another one. Absolutely. ASAP. Uh, just keep writing Star Wars because you've added such an awesome, this is such an awesome addition to a galaxy far, far away. Um, just final thoughts. We have like one final minute here. Uh, Rachel, final thoughts. Um, just that, I mean, on the, I mean, I think that with the book, just 
seeing and hearing Ahsoka's perspective in general. Mm. Because we've seen her on Clone Wars, we've seen her in Rebels, but we didn't, we never actually got to just focus on her. Mm. And it has been mind opening. Um, so I absolutely loved this. And um, I'm going to go out and definitely pre ordering. Yeah, um, L- yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot wait. Um, yeah, my last thing is. Just this made me so excited for Clone Wars. This is such an awesome addition. I loved and what's, what's so great in the book. Uh, all the flashback sequences are gray, so you can kind of see like, oh, I'm getting close to one. I'm getting close to one. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's a nice little uh, separation from the plot. Yeah. And teases something else that was so great throughout. And I just want to say too, it was interesting because most of them were flashbacks, except for maybe two. And I was like, oh. Oh, maybe more than two. We're all flashes. (laughs) (laughs) There was a couple that might have been sideways. Ooh. Might have been sideways, like Obi Wan. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. But in closing, uh, again, we're so excited for Queen's Peril. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're really excited for Clone Wars. Um, We just want to know where can people find you? What is your social media handles? And what Uh, else do you have coming up on the horizon? So I am on Twitter at EK underscore Johnston. Same thing on Instagram and EK Johnston on Tumblr because they don't let you have underscores. There you go. Cool. And Rachel, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. And you can find me at Ryan Nilsen on Instagram at Ryan Nilsen, N-I-L-S-E-N on Twitter and Star Wars News every Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you all so much for watching, and thank you so much, E.K. Johnston, thank author you. of the Ahsoka book. Go out, buy it, get Queen's <laughs> Peril, get Queen's Shadow. Watch Clone Wars tomorrow. Watch Clone Wars tomorrow. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the Ahsoka Book Club journey. Take care. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.